0: Hello, you're listening to Over the Oxer Podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. Today is part two of focus. So last time we talked about having flexibility. We talked about narrow focus, broad focus, whether your focus is something external in the environment or whether it's internal, it's inside your head. And how important it is to have the flexibility to use these different types of attention to get the best from what you're doing in the moment. Today I'm going to talk about refocusing, maybe after a break. And that could be a break of considerable time or it could be between classes in a competition. Or it could be that your attention is drawn momentarily to something that you really don't want to place your attention on and how to get that focus back. So training mentally in this way is just about as important as training physically. And if you're a competitor or even if you're schooling just to be the best that you can be, it will give you that edge. So imagine now that you're competing. You're performing a certain movement in a dressage test. So your focus might be on thinking about the test, in other words, recalling what the order of the movements is. Your focus could be on the feel of the horse, your aids, those are external. And you might be narrowing down your focus to exclude any outside distractions, like people walking by or something happening on the car park, of the size of the arena, where the whiteboards are, where the letters are, and so on. So notice that distractions in that perfect scenario are not a point of focus. So whether the distraction is external like the weather, and you're concentrating on how windy it is or rainy it is, or it's other riders and maybe sharing the warm-up or sharing a school with you. Maybe it's people watching you, lorries and cars and so on passing by the arena. Or maybe there are internal distractions because maybe you're recalling memories. Maybe you're comparing yourself to somebody else. Maybe you've got what ifs. So, if we have an incorrect focus, or you know our focus is being pulled in the wrong direction, then it can really change how you ride. And for some riders, you can stop riding. You you kind of freeze and just hope for the best. So, at this attentional focus is really the ultimate in helping us to ride the way that we know that we really can. So let's have a little look at the two big styles of distractions, the internal ones, what's playing on our mind, and the external ones, the things that are happening around us. So first of all, the internal distractions. So your mind might be really busy with what's going on. You're contemplating maybe anxiety, fears, past events, what ifs, what ifs that have happened before, what ifs that have never happened. There might be some self-criticism. There could be all kinds of internal distractions. You've got the little gremlin or chimp or devil or whatever you want to call them sitting on your shoulder telling you you can't do it and this is a bit scary. So obviously all of that is going to form a barrier towards focusing where we want to focus and where we're going to get the most out of our focus. So if you think about anxiety first of all and it doesn't matter where the anxieties come from if it's coming from a past event or something that you're imagining or it's coming from a doubt, it doesn't really matter. Think about the anxiety. Anxiety comes from a fear of the future. It comes from focusing on the future. So your focus has been displaced from the here and now to the future. Now, whilst we're riding Sometimes we need to know what we're going to be doing in a few seconds time. So it's not the same as having that game plan in your mind, but you're focusing on a future that is unlikely to pan out. And even if it did, then we have our innate instincts to help us out. So our fight and flight responses that kick in automatically. We don't need to have them switched on at all. They will switch on in the moment when we need them. Those responses are designed to get us out of danger, as you know. And so they're there, whether we want them on or whether we want them off, they will kick in. You don't have to switch them on, it's automatic. So having that anxiety level is unnecessary. Because when you need the adrenaline and you need that quick action, it'll be there for you. So the anxiety isn't helping us because it's blocking our focus and it's stopping us riding the way that we want to ride. So here's a way to think about anxiety. Anxiety is a message from your mind. So your mind has been kind of knocking on the door, trying to tell you that you're riding and that you've told your mind before that riding is scary. So your mind is now tapping on the door and saying, hang on a sec, you told me that riding was really scary and yet you're doing it. And so I'm just reminding you now that if you really want to do it, Start focusing on how you want it to be. You're focusing on everything that you don't want to have happen. And that's what your mind's telling you. It's telling you that you're not focusing on what you want. So if you start to think of anxiety, not as this awful lurching feeling of foreboding, but a message from your mind that you've. Become distracted in some way, and you're not focusing on what you're doing at the moment. You're not focusing on what you want to have happen. So, think of it like a message because if the message was more subtle, you know, let's say your mind put a picture of kittens into your head, then maybe you wouldn't pay it any attention. But instead, It's doing something that is attention grabbing. It's making you feel pretty uncomfortable, pretty rotten, really. And that does make you sit up and listen if you realize that it is just a message. And when you focus on what you want, when you really focus on what you want to have happen, the anxiety... Starts to drop off on a sliding scale. So, the more you focus on what you're doing in the moment in a positive sense, and you focus on what your next maneuver is going to be in a positive sense, the more the anxiety drops off. If we think now about past events, and other internal distraction. Maybe there's something that's happened in the past that you don't want to have repeated. In that case, if this is some kind of memory that plays on your mind quite a lot, it's relatively simple to get rid of this. So contact somebody who knows about NLP or timeline therapy, hypnotherapy. I would absolutely recommend someone with an equestrian specialism. Contact them because it's really not difficult to get out these bad memories. So what about the what ifs? these intrusive thoughts that really do just pop into your mind when you least expect it and when you least need it, these little disaster movies that you might run, there are a couple of different ways, gentle ways that you can stop doing this, you can stop the pattern that your mind runs. So one way of doing it, dead simple, is to use a word like stop, So each and every time your mind conjures up a picture or a feeling or some negative words, you can say the word stop. Some of the people like to say enough. Other people like to say delete. Have a word that's really easy to remember. And it's usually one single word. So you're not telling yourself a big phrase. Stop and you're saying it really firmly, you're saying it like the strictest teacher you've ever come across, you're saying it almost like, you know, somebody's about to put their hand in the fire, and they haven't realized it, and you stop, you really mean it. And you can say it out loud, but you can also say it inside your head, and each time these thoughts or pictures start bubbling back, say it again, stop. The quicker you can do it, rather than letting the whole anxiety show unfold, the quicker you can do it, the better it will be. Because eventually what happens, if you do it often enough and quick enough as the anxiety comes on, that word that you've chosen, like stop, becomes part of the pattern. So what happens is it's really curious that you feel the anxiety or maybe you see one of these pictures and you hear the word stop without you having said it and it stops in its tracks. So that's a really nice one, a really easy one. Other things that we know riders do is things like singing, but that's just to get you through something. You know, that's great if you've got a bit of nervousness and you want to just get over maybe a certain schooling session or you want to get through your hack. It's not a long term way of doing things because obviously your focus is away from pretty much everything apart from the words of the song. So it has its use. You know, it can uplift your spirits and make you feel better, helps you to breathe better, of course, but it's not something that you want to be doing in your show jumping round. Well, maybe you do, but probably not. Also, what you can do is if the disaster scenario is coming to you in words rather than pictures, so you can hear a commentary that's a bit negative, Think about how you can change that voice, make that voice into somebody else's voice, someone ridiculous, someone you'd never accept any advice from. Maybe, you know, a cartoon character, Bugs Bunny, Donald Duck, something like that. Just, you know, make it really, really silly so that when they're saying you're not good enough or whatever words are coming to you, that it just sounds hilarious Let's move on to the external distractions. A lot of these are the uncontrollables. They're outside of our control. And so if they really are outside of our control, then we need not spend too much effort and energy putting our attention on them. So for instance, I'm talking about if you are distracted when people watch you. This is really, really common. Because we assume, mostly wrongly, that the people watching us are being judgmental or critical or they're thinking that maybe we don't deserve our horses or something like that. It's always negative. We always assume that they are taking a negative stance. But have you ever watched somebody ride? And have you ever been really kind in your head about them? Have you ever watched somebody and willed the rider to do well and appreciated what the rider is doing? So if you have, then chances are that they're doing the same. The other thing about people watching you is that you can't necessarily stop them it's outside of your control. And so because it's outside of your control, imagine that it's just been zoomed away to the horizon. Think about it as a picture. So think about somebody watching you ride. This could be a specific person or it could be a collection of people that you don't know. Think about it now, have that picture in your mind And zoom that picture out far, far, far away, right out onto the horizon, miles and miles and miles away until it's just a speck. It's just a tiny speck of dust. I want to think about now noises. You know, noises when you're riding, whether it's traffic or it's building work or it's another horse calling to your horse. It is really off-putting. And so even if your horse becomes aware and distracted before you do, your attention on the noise kind of intensifies the situation, intensifies the horse's lack of attention. So how can we stop listening to these outside noises that are quite distracting. Well, the first thing to do is to start to override it, put another noise into your head. In other words, start a running commentary. So you can do this out loud or you can do it in your head. Start to say everything that you are doing and everything that you are about to do. So, you know, it could be something like, I'm gonna walk a circle at A, I need to apply more inside leg, I need to make sure I've got that outside contact. I'm walking around now, that circle needs to be more circular, that one was a bit egg-shaped. And you're doing this drivel, if you like, this constant drivel, but you're drowning out the noise that was distracting you whilst thinking about the job at hand. My last external distraction is your horse. So when your horse is being anxious or spooky or nappy, obviously your attention is drawn to them. And it's drawn to their behavior and what they are doing rather than what you were trying to do. So you may have been trying to, or oh, I don't know, do a figure of eight in the school and all of a sudden the spook comes even momentarily. You forget the figure of eight because you, you're moving with the horse and you might need to do, but it's a question of refocusing, bringing ourselves back onto what we were initially trying to do. Using that commentary that we were just talking about is really useful because it starts you thinking about your body. It starts you thinking about really riding. It starts you thinking about your balance and your position and less and less about what the horse is about to do. So that's a really good one. And also just the obvious practical things about putting a little circle in. It doesn't really matter if your horse spooks and you just need to recollect that attention from them, a little circle, maybe 10 little circles if you need to do, and just make sure that you are as relaxed as you can be. One way of dealing with distractions is to have a very controlled set Of distractions when you're schooling at home. So, you could do this on the ground or you could do it mounted, but it's things like having bits and bobs around the school or if you're riding in a field, things that the horse doesn't normally encounter just so that you can anticipate surprises. So, I heard one person likes to get a big red tablecloth. And put that over a jump wing, especially if it's nice and breezy. So that could be something. It could be pots of flowers. It could be turning on a hose pipe, slowly maybe. It could be slowly opening an umbrella. It could be so that you build up the distraction, so that you have lots of distractions so-called distractions, maybe obstacles would be a better word, so that you and your horse can anticipate these things and then it becomes just a normality. What about refocusing? Refocusing after some form of downtime, it could be a break that you've had and you're not used to riding, it could be a break between classes or it could be when you're in a shared lesson or a clinic And you're maybe standing still while somebody else is doing something. And then you've got to bring your focus back. Well, one way of doing that is to have a word for yourself, which kind of clicks you back into focus. So it could be focus. It could be the word focus. Or it could be, let's do it. Or it's time. Let's go now anything again that's easy to remember and it just signals to you to snap back into your focus mode and just thinking about being in a really laser sharp focus when riding thinking now how that feels physically mentally emotionally how does that feel really really strongly in your body And thinking about how that feels when you're really on it, you're really in that lovely flow state, you're really in the zone, thinking now, say that word. Say that word. And if you repeat this a few times while you're just doing some chores, get back into focus, imagine focus really, really strongly, all the physicality, The mental aspect and the emotional aspect, and you do it as strongly as you can, and you say that word that you have decided on whether it's focus or something else. Then, when you come to ride and you need to refocus, when you say the word, it will recapture those thoughts and emotions. Refocusing and focusing is much, much easier when you use peripheral vision. And I've mentioned this before, so I think it's high time that the next podcast is all about peripheral vision and how it is immensely powerful and useful to us as riders. Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Take care and I'll see you again very soon.